The following is a sermon from Pastor David Salinas of Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Fifteen twenty. The year fifteen twenty was a very pivotal year in the history of the Reformation. It was in that year that Martin Luther wrote three tremendous essays to your people that really pushed forward the Reformation in yet one more effort on Luther and the Reformers' part to unify the whole Christian church by cleaning out all of the abuses and all of the errors that were there and restoring the church to the foundations of the pure word of God. The third essay he wrote in 1520 was a masterpiece titled On the Freedom of a Christian. And what this essay really is all about it is teaching and empowering Christian people on how they live their life here in this world. And, and what Luther said is this, and, and it's, a, it's probably a shocking statement, he said, a Christian is not compelled to follow God's law. That's shocking. Not compelled to follow God's law. And yet at the very same time, a Christian freely and willingly renders service to the Lord and follows his law, which calls us to serve God and neighbor. And, and the striking statement that, that surrounds this whole essay is this one that is very famous. I want you guys to look at this one and to... Um, here. To pen that down, put that to memory. Maybe put that on your phones or on your computers this week as your wallpaper. A Christian is the most free Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is the most dutiful servant of all, subject to to everyone. How do you like them apples? A Christian is absolutely and completely free. There is nobody who has a hold on you. Not this government, not any kingdom in this world, and no kingdom in the spiritual world. The devil does not have his shackles over you. You are, you are even free from death. And at the same time, a Christian is the most enslaved person on the face of this earth because a Christian looks at everybody and says, how can I serve you? You talk about the relevance of this event that happened 500 years ago for your life and for mine today. This single-handedly teaches us and empowers us on how to live our Christian life in this dark, rough-and-tumble, pagan or neo-pagan world. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. I want us to return to this amazing teaching that is drawn 100% from the Bible here. And I want to implant it in each and every one of our hearts so that we, at this moment, live freer than we have ever lived 
and become the best servants of God and of everybody around us that we can ever be. The aim for us all is to live our Christian lives in this neo-pagan world in this one hope that we could that we could let our Christian light shine and win as many as possible. Just one more. Calling them out of darkness into the world.
can do. Since we were made for God's glory, the only way we can be truly free to sing the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His wonderful light is when we are those slaves of the Lord who ask His will. Kind of like my guitar strings are only free to sing when they are nice and tightly bound to the guitar. Alright? So living as free people, being slaves to God. And now here is where we get into the nitty gritty of how we live free in our everyday life. So, you're free people, yes? I am free. Now I want you to take a little line and drive to this next phrase. Do not use your freedom as a cover of freedom. What does that mean? The Lutheran question, right? What does this mean? What does it mean to not use our freedom as a cover-up for evil? That means don't use your freedom in Christ as a license to sin, right? I don't say, I'm free in Jesus. He has, he has uh, forgiven me of all of my sins so that I can live my life any old way that I want to apart from him. Paul talks about that, of course, in Romans chapter 6, where he says, Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Divine, of course not. We've been freed from sin so that we can sin no longer. But I want to I want to take these words and I want to put them within the perspective of the culture and the society around us. And this is how I want you to live free by not using your freedom as a cover-up of evil in our culture. There's two ways to do that. Number one, by avoidance. And number two, by engaging. So here's what I mean. A verse before our lesson today, the Apostle Peter says this, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. So there is your, there is your abstaining ethic, your, your virtue of separation from the evil of society. This is very true and this is very necessary. There are things in our culture and in our world that are just plain bad news for us, for our souls. We want to stay away from them. Yeah? So, the other day I'm, I'm out over in Mass Beth, wonderful, beautiful community. Guy walks up to me, starts you know, chatting with me up, making good friends with him. All of a sudden, a, a young lady's walking by and she's wearing a, a tight, short skirt. And he just goes off on this vulgar, lust-filled tirade about this. And, and so here I am, and, and I just said, you know, man, I've got five beautiful women that are surrounding me and my family, and I really would appreciate the respect for them. And that's it's kind of abstinence that is a good thing, right? So abstain from the sinful things of the world. But then there's the flip side of the point. Here we go, right? First of all, live such good lives among the pagans, and we're living among them all around us, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day you visit. So here's the other side of the coin. We're not only to... This is what God does. This is why God does. He calls us out of darkness, right? He calls us out of this dark world into the marvelous light of Christ, and then he sends us back into this dark world. But no longer to be swallowed up by the darkness, but to be those lights to express the excellencies of God's mercy and about God's grace to the people around us. How do we do that? We abstain is one side, but the other side of the coin is this, is that we be actively engaged in good works. The New Testament writers are very clear that we have been created in Christ Jesus 
to be relentlessly engaged in a life of public good deeds. Things that the world around us can see because those things become feet that kick open doors so that we can just perk up ears so that we can share the most important message that there is to share, the message of our Savior Jesus, and let the Holy Spirit then take over and bring people and call people out of darkness to the the light. So here it is. Live as free people, people of Sure Foundation, people of St. Paul, North Hollywood. Live as free people. Do not use your freedom as a cover of evil. Abstain from the bad in the culture. Be engaged in public. When you see someone in need, help. Yeah? Next. Take that, live as free people, and then I want you to draw an arrow to verse 13. <coughs> Submit yourself. And this is a kind of a four-letter word in our culture, in our feeling, right? Because, oh my goodness, do we want to do do submit to anything? Not really. But this is a beautiful and holy word because this is how we live free. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether the emperor or you are not truly citizens of this country. I mean, you are, or residents, or inhabitants of this country, but, but really your citizenship is from another place. You're from another world. Sometimes we come to New York City, and this is another world. We're really from another world. We are citizens of heaven in Christ Jesus. That means that we share a brotherhood with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Apostle Paul tells us that we are that we are co-heirs with Christ. That we have this brotherhood. That even Jesus calls us brother, and so we have this, this shared inheritance with him. And that we are co-rulers with him. How do we live in this amazing, exalted status above all things inside U.S. borders? How do we consider our president? Ooh. Am I touching on some nerves now? Yeah, yeah there's some nerves here in that one. How do we, how do we live as students of the master teacher within any one of our PS schools? How do we live as children of our Heavenly Father within the parameters, within the ceiling, your roof of mom and dad? Well, we don't become these self-assertive rebels that just thumb our noses at regulations, but we willingly comply and obey and serve whatever authority is for us that does not ask us to do something against God's will. And, and this means that we also submit, even if that leader above us or that authority is not kind, is not even altogether right, or is not altogether sane. Do you know why? <laughs> you know why? Because to submit and honor the emperor, who was the emperor in Peter's day, whom he was called and called to submit, it was Nero, a crazy man who put Vaseline on Christian people, set him up on stakes and lit them up on fire to light his banquets. And yet Peter says, live as free people, live as slaves to God for his sake, honor the emperor. Wow! Last way we're going to look at living free. Take your verse, verses of verse 16 and go over to 17. What does verse 17 say? Everybody again? Show respect to everyone. 
Love the family of believers. So one way you can treat people is to show respect to who? <coughs> to who? Um, what if he's a rapist? What if she's a, a serial cheater? What if your boss really is an incompetent nincompoop? So how do you respect that? Maybe, maybe the first way is just simply this. That we can think, and there is a way, that the way that you would show respect and honor even to a rapist is going to be far different than the way that you show respect and honor to your mom. The way you would do that with a rapist might be something like this. You prosecute him to the full extent of the law and let the law go out the punishment. You don't wait outside of the courtroom with a gun to put a bullet in his head. What does it mean to love the family? We talked about last, last, last time, we went, right? Sincere love. Remember all of you who were here last time, what does sincere mean? Without, without wax, right? So you know, look up at the, you know, the broken little shard there, and in the old day they would put those up, the wax to coat it to make it look all new, to make it look all fake, but it is sincera, without wax, that our love for one another not just be fake and phony, only outside smiles while inside we think to ourselves different thoughts about the people in church, yes? Okay, here we go. So these are the ways in which we live free. Be honest with me right now at this moment. How are you feeling? What are you thinking? Besides hot. Um... You know, I, I look at this and I say to myself, wow, um, I, I have a lot and a long way to go to live free in my life because I'm sometimes shocked at how numb I am to the sins in my society. Things that should shock me and should make me more grossed out don't anymore. And it's almost like you kind of imbibe the culture rather than become a light to it, right? I'm surprised sometimes how little compassion comes out of me to do good works to the people around me. True story the other day, and I'm still sick, so I'm just kind of a little bit of an idiot myself. Going outside, and this is my cheat, I'm not only an idiot, but I'm kind of cheap. So I don't pay like gym fees, I go to my local park to do my workout. Yeah? So I'm there on the monkey, you know, monkey bars, whatever, doing pull-ups and dips and all those kinds of things. So I go out, it's raining, and lo and behold, I see underneath the place where I do pull-ups this homeless couple. And it's they're soaked. And the thought that came to my mind was, this isn't a homeless shelter. I've got to get my workout. How <laughs> little compassion flew out of my heart. Boy, do I have a cup of hot something that I could come in and deliver to? You know? um, ah, we could go on and on, and I think you know very full well that we don't always live as free as we should. So now, we'll hear today. This is where I want to come back to that very beautiful uh, thing that Luther talked about. That beautiful phrase that I want you to memorize. A Christian is the most free lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is the most dutiful servant of all, subject to all. But this time I want you to apply it to Jesus. Christ Jesus is the free lord and most freest of all, subject to none. Christ Jesus is the most dutiful servant of all, subject to all. <laughs> so here is the Most High God who rules all things, to whom everything is subject. And he looks at you and me who are enslaved in our own sin, and he says, I'm 
I know you're not always going to be able to live free, even as Christian people, because you still carry that sinful nature, that seed that you were born with inside of you, and so all your life here until I take you home to heaven, there's going to be times where you're just not going to live perfectly. But this is why I willingly and gladly submit myself to you. And I come and I came to you not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many, as a ransom for you. And so I don't want you to walk out of this church, and I don't want you to go back home to the West Coast without hearing this, that you are free, free, free as a bird in Christ from all sin, from all guilt, from every way in which you have and I have failed to, to live in the freedom and the slavery of God that truly sets us free. You are a holy nation. Truly you are by faith in Jesus Christ. You are a God-cleansed, Christ-purified soul. And so you are free. You are absolutely and totally free from the chokehold of the devil. He has no claim on you. And you are even free to a great extent, even while we carry our sinful nature, to a great extent we are free from having to obey that sinful nature. We can fight against it, we can say no to it, and we can do the things that Peter calls us to do here. You are a royal priesthood. You have been elevated to a queenly and a kingly status before the Lord. You have been given free access into the throne of God. You are free in Christ. You are free in Christ. Oh, man, I'm happy right now. You know why? Because, look, that fish, that beautiful fish in that gospel that had that coin in its mouth. Here's what I'm talking about. When God calls us to do something, He does not leave us powerless. He does not leave us unequipped. But He provides. He provides for us to be able to do the service to which He renders. He has made you free and He has called you free. And that very message is that drachma coin in that fish's mouth that empowers you to live your life freely for God. And so I say it one more time. You are free in Christ. Live free. Abstain from all the evil around you. Be engaged in whatever good works fit with your personality and your situation in life. Respect and honor the laws that are around us. And we can even be respectful for a president. Even if we don't agree with him, even if we think he's a little bit loony with some of the things that he comes out with those tweets, I understand that we can be honorable and respectable people. We can live free and love one another sincerely and love. Live in this way, dear people, and let those Christian lights shine. Living your lives in this neo pagan world. And let the Reformation live on through you. Amen.